Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mate, speaking of Darren Lockyer that you replaced that night, he is the fullback in your dream team that you've selected, mate. Obviously, one of the greatest 5'8s we've ever seen, but for me, I think it's forgotten just how good he was at fullback, and I imagine that you would have seen the vast majority of his career, the early part of his career when he was playing one. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Look, I think uh, Lockie, you know, probably just, you know, we saw the quality of him being able to transition so easily into six, but I think, you know, in those early years when he was playing one, he was just, Phenomenal. It was so silky smooth at the back there, and you know, um, just a, a player that everyone wanted to, you know, to play with and wanted in, in your team. And I just remember in those, you know, some of those early origins, just the amount of pressure that Lockie had on him, um, you know, from from uh, the Queensland public and you know from the media and everyone, and just every time he, he sort of stand up and deliver, and yeah, he's just a you know a, a great guy to play with and. Um, I thought he was one of the, the best fullbacks. Obviously, we've got some other great fullbacks that I've had to squeeze in the team in, in different positions. But um, you know, Lockie was was certainly a um, you know a pioneer in um, that modern fullback play. And as you said, mate, a couple of other great fullbacks. I think you've managed to squeeze in probably the three best fullbacks across probably 16, 17 years in the NRL into this side on the wing. Uh, the first guy you picked is Anthony Minicello, obviously your teammate and one of the greatest fullbacks I've ever seen. We, we I, I had him on this podcast last year, and it's crazy to think where Minnie's career could have been if those injuries didn't derail him in 2005 because he was he was the best player in the game in 05, wasn't he? He definitely was. He was, yeah, he was unbelievable. He was just so hard to put down. Um, it was just like a pinball the way that he, you know, pop up out of tackles, and you know, he, he definitely carried us uh, through, you know, a couple of seasons there on his back. That's probably why it was so sore. But um, he was, you know, just a phenomenal player. Um, and, you know, another play, I, I played under-19s with many at the Roosters, so when he was, you know, an out-and-out winger. So to see him, you know, work on his on his skills and to, um, you know, get to that point in his game where, where he just had a, you know, great pass both sides. Um, you know, kick, the short kicking game was, 
fantastic. And, you know, just the same, develop those skills from, you know, being a winger there um, and to get him, get him at the back. But, yeah, he probably didn't transition into fullback until 2003. I think he was obviously still playing in that grand final in 2002 on the wing. And, yeah, to see him uh, turn his career um, into, a, into such a great fullback was, was amazing to see. I think it's one thing with Mini that people don't talk about enough is, you know, but before Anthony Minicello was fullback, you know, you could kick on fifth tackle from your own 40 and, and you could have a five-man chase just into the corner you kicked to. Mini changed that completely. You had to have a 10-man chase on every single run because he would he would skittle the first three blokes and all of a sudden he'd be under the black dot and in space. He was incredible, Mini. He was, yeah. He was just, yeah, like I said, just so hard to bring down. Uh, you probably, I probably didn't realise just how how hard he was to bring down until I started playing against him in State of Origin and obviously uh, yeah when, when we were kicking down to him or we were trying to kick away from him most of the time but uh, he was just so hard to handle back there and um, you know just his, his speed and um, his athleticism you know at the back there and he, he he just worked so hard you know he was always one of the last ones out on the training paddock he just you know put in the time the extras the kicking the catches and um, yeah, like you know, it wasn't a fluke that he just played for so long and you know um, so well uh, throughout his career. And yeah, it was it was really great to see. The other champion fullback that you squeezed into this side, mate, Billy Slater, and you picked him on the wing. And I, I would assume, just off the top of my head, that when he scored that unbelievable try in State of Origin, where he chipped over the top, you would have been in that side, wouldn't you? I was mate. I, I was just outside him actually, so I still remember Lockie. Uh, looking across and, and giving us the uh, the eyes that he was going to put in a grubber, and obviously Billy was a lot quicker than me, so I said, "Billy, you go." But um, yeah, look, the the way that he he you know that was just a freaky strike in two thousand four in State of Origin, and um, yeah, I think that really set the scene. Billy was you know he, he was obviously only young at that time, but you know when him and Cam Smith came into that Queensland Origin squad in uh, two thousand and three and two thousand and four. Um, you can just see the, the quality of those two. Uh, you know, even back then, they, they'd stay on the training field and they'd be doing extras and, um, you know, they just wanted to learn, um, you know, and they, and they did. And they were just, yeah, Billy was, you know, as you know, was obviously one of the greatest fullbacks, but he did play a bit of wing at the start of his career. And, you know, he probably could have played anywhere throughout that, uh, that back line. But um, just another amazing player and just a freak of a, a talent and, um, yeah, really you know, lucky to play some footy alongside him. The three guys you, guys you picked so far, mate, Lockie, Mini, Slater, for me, I think they were the three greatest fullbacks in our game from probably 1999 till about 2018. Probably the only other guy that you could throw in there as being the best fullback in little bits and pieces is Greg Inglis, and you've picked him in the centres. Uh, I imagine you, you would have played with Greg in the very early parts of his career. I did, yeah. I didn't get to play too many games with Greg. Uh, I think we played uh, the 2006 Origin Series. I think he only played one game. It might have been game one in 2006. So I only really got to play that one game alongside him, but uh, certainly played against him uh, quite a bit, which was, was pretty scary at the best of times. And I had to mark him a couple of times uh, when I was playing out in the centres, and uh, he was playing in the centres for the Storm. And yeah, it was a, a scary sight when you see um, GI uh, wind up. and um, you know, he was just—he just had everything. He was just skillful, big, fast, strong. Had that fend from hell that you didn't want to be on the end of. So uh, he was—you know—he just had everything. And you know, to to um, you know to see him play so many Origin games, and I think he 
might even be the, still the top try scorer on, uh, for State of Origin, which you know just tells you the the quality of the player that he was. Hard to, to stand up in that arena each time he went out there it was an amazing and uh, he, was, he was an amazing player. And yeah, definitely, uh, I'd, I'd rather have GI in your side than, than playing against you. That's for sure. Mate, you mentioned him obviously being the highest try scorer in State of Origin. I'm not sure if he's the highest or the second highest, but if he is the second uh, highest. The highest is Darius Boyd, who stood outside him for all that time. So it's it's even <laughs> a greater right. compliment to him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah goes, goes to tell you a story there, mate. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, yeah, look, as I said, he, he had all the skills as well, and um, you know, to see him win that premiership with South Sydney, and um, you know, was was phenomenal. So it's uh, yeah, he was just a great guy to have on your team, and yeah, really he didn't get to play enough footy with him, but yeah, really enjoyed the time that I did. Now, Greg Inglis was one centimetre, and obviously, you know, you, you, you mentioned when you put his skill set, his size, his speed, everything on paper, it is just terrifying. Your other centre, very different, but I think he's one of the most criminally underrated players that we've ever seen in rugby league, Matt Gidley. I imagine at some point you would have marked up against him. The Roosters and the Knights had so many great clashes in the early 2000s, and he really was a handful, wasn't he? He certainly was, mate. He was, uh, he was, he was an unbelievable player, just... The skills that he had were just, you know, he was just, as I said, just so silky. And, you know, um, I was lucky enough to play quite a bit of footy with him over in St. Helens, over in the UK, Super League. So, uh, obviously, I played a lot of footy against him over here. And, um, yeah, but I got to, you know, I was uh, the back row on his side for the majority of our four or five years over in St. Helens. So, um, just another player who the, the winger wingers outside him just benefited from that. Uh, the Gidley Flick, we still call it the Gidley Flick, so it goes to show you just, um, you know, how good it was. But, yeah, look, he, he was an unbelievably tough and skillful player. And I remember 2001, uh, my first final series, uh, we were playing the Knights up at um, up, up there in Newcastle. It was a Friday night. It was the first week of the semifinals. And I was actually playing on the wing on, on Gidley's side and uh, for, for marking... Uh, marking up against him on his side but um, and I remember just thinking just don't come in and uh, I think he got me two or three times you, you just you thought he'd beaten you, you know the centre inside you and you look to come in as soon as you look to come in he'd just get that flick pass out and yeah he was just unbelievably skillful and um, you know it was great to play a lot of footy uh, with him over in the UK but you know as I said um, very underrated but yeah he's uh, he was one of the best centres uh, I think of all time and, mate, oh, as you mentioned, you know, the Gidley flick, it sort of became a cultural thing in rugby league, didn't it? I mean, like the Phil Blake chip over the top, the Joey Banana, the Benji step, the Gidley flick. <laughs> if, if you were alive in the early 2000s, you will always refer to that. I, I, I watched Peter Hicku th- throw a flick ball on the weekend, and I turned my mate and said, oh, you know, he's the Kiwi Matt Gidley, you know. Like, it just <laughs> stays with you uh, for, forever, uh, an unreal talent, and... And I guess, as you said, the week that you were playing him, all you thought was don't come in on him. Like, I imagine whoever was the coach at the time, you would have been told 15 times that week, do not let him <laughs> yeah. flick out of that right hand. And you knew it was coming, just seemingly impossible to stop. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was like, yeah, you certainly knew it was coming, but yeah, just, yeah, you'd think he'd have him beaten and yeah, he'd just pop it out, but no, he was, he was unbelievable and yeah, it was great to sort of play some footy with him and, um, you know, just see firsthand. I think it was, you know, as you mentioned there with Darius Floyd outside of uh, Greg Inglis, um, I think A.D. Gardner was the winger over and Shane Helens who was playing outside uh, Matt Gidley and before Gibbs got there, they had Jamie Lyon, who, was, who, as we know, was also, you know, a, a really good, um, you know, passer of the footy. So I think Aidy Gardner was top of the try scorers list over there for about six or seven years in the UK Super League. He was outside Lyon and then Gidley. So it was, um, yeah, definitely some you know, silky skills from, from those guys. Some pretty good real estate being on the right wing outside Gids. <laughs> Mate, uh, let's move into your halves pairing. And uh, two guys that you would have played with. The first one, Jonathan Thurston. Uh, he's your five-eight. I imagine you know your, your last few Origin games would have been 06. Uh, I think that's yep. around the time that he started. Was that his first series, or did he come in in 05? 05, yeah, JT debuted. Yep. So, yeah, um, I'd been in emerging Origin squads with JT sort of as we were growing up, and um, well, when we were early twenties and. Yeah, just seeing the skills that he had, you know, but then when we when we were training and um, I remember Wayne Bennett came in, it must, must have been around 99 or 2000 and, and um, I might have been a little bit later, sorry, and uh, Wayne Bennett sort of came into that room and he said, you know, some of you guys here are going to be playing Origin in the next couple of years and we sort of looked around and, you know, we weren't too sure who it would be, but uh, yeah, luckily, you know, we sort of both got to play Origin together and JP was... He was just, you know, the ultimate competitor. Um, you know, I think that 2006 series, you know, particularly game three when we, you know, we were down and out down in Melbourne, and um, you know, JT just, you know, he really took control and obviously, um, you know, um, spreading that ball out to Tady on the right wing when when Tady scored that long range try. But you know, I just remember just how competitive JT was, whether it was at training or during the game or wherever it was. And, just always wanting to win. I think we saw that, you know, really um, stand up over over the, the course of his career. And, mate, obviously his career, as you said, unbelievable. So many highlight moments. For me, the, the moment that I first realised that, that, that JT was going to be special and without bringing up bad memories was that 2004 grand <laughs> final. He comes on late and he puts in this kick from about halfway and he finds touch about three metres from the sideline. It was just the perfect kick for the perfect moment in that grand final and that's just the sort of touch that Thurston had yeah no definitely mate he was, he was a handful uh, when, he, when he used to come on uh, particularly in those those early games and yeah well you, I think you could see I, I think um, you know you could see that he was going to be a, a superstar even back then and yeah it was you know he, he was a tough um, skillful player and yeah it was great to you know see him obviously go up to the Cowboys and, and um, you know really um, you know, really cement his home up there and, and obviously win that competition uh, with, with him up there. 
Mate, speaking of superstars, your halfback, Joey Johns. Now, just having a look through your career, is Joey a guy that you would have played with or only played against? No, I was going to say that, mate. He's the only one in the list that I haven't actually played with. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the amount of times that he that he carved us up, I thought I, I had to throw him in there because he was, you know, as we all know, Joey was uh, just, you know, phenomenal halfback. And, uh, you know, we had some great battles with him, uh, obviously with the Roosters in Newcastle, but also, you know, in the Origin Arena and, you know, the way that he came, came on in that 2005 series and, uh, you know, just dominated that those, those couple of games there. Um, I think he's, yeah, deserves to be in that seven jersey. But yeah, you know, he was just uh, it, it was you couldn't have a, a playoff against Joey because he, you know, he'd come back to your side, he'd, he'd get you one way or the other. Uh, he was just uh, you know an unbelievable talent. I was having a look today, mate. Obviously, Ruben Garrick, he's breaking records left, right, and centre for the Manly Seagulls as far as point scoring goes. And I was having a look at his stats today. He's, uh, I think he scored three less points than Joey did in 2001, and he's played one more game than him so far this season. And obviously, he's a winger outside, possibly the most informed player we've ever seen. It's incredible what Joey was able to do. Yeah, it was, mate. It was, uh, as a, you know, the same as JT, just that. Um, competitor uh, who, who just hated losing and yeah it made his yeah, yeah, everyone's spoken about him but he's just a phenomenal player and yeah a guy that you I think you would have rathered on your team unfortunately I didn't get to experience that but I would have loved to play some footy with him but yeah we're on the on the wrong side of some of his games a few times but yeah just a, a, an ultimate competitor Now mate we're, we're going to jump around a little bit here I'm going to go from the halfback to your lock forward and, of course, he was your 5'8 that you played with so many years, your skipper at the Roosters. And for me, my favourite thing about the early 2000s would be a Friday night at Marathon Stadium when Joey would take on Freddie. It was just the greatest contest in rugby league for me. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, yeah, you know, I was very fortunate to play a lot of footy with Freddie, uh, you know, most of my career. And as I said earlier, you know, just the amount of times that he dug us out of a hole in, in, in some games and, you know, it wasn't just his leadership on the field, but, you know, off the field. Uh, I think we saw it in uh, Ricky Stewart's recent um, uh, doco there. But, uh, you know, Freddie was, he was one of the first on the training paddock. He was one of the last to leave. And he was, you know, just a, a player that just demanded, you know, excellence. He demanded that everyone, you know, raise the standards around him. And, you know, we all, all bought in. And, you know, it was, um, yeah, just a great experience playing, um, you know, so much footy with him, but just one of the toughest and skillful uh, players that, you know, you'll ever see. And, you know, it was, it was, um, you know whether he was playing 5'8 or lock, uh, like he used to in those early days, um, you know, his, his defence was probably something that was, you know, a bit over, uh, underrated, sorry. He was, um, you know, a, a really good defender. And, um, yeah, it was just fantastic to play so much footy with him. I've always said about Freddie, mate, he's the best 13-6 or centre, depending on what jersey you threw him that day. And as you said, his defence was so underrated. I mean, if you were to put him in the back row, would he not be the best back rower as well? He's just an absolute freak. Yeah, no, he was. He was, you know, and, and he was just such a leader out there, you know. As I said, he, he dug us out of you know, so many tough games. And, um, yeah, he was just a, another competitor. He just wanted to win um, every game, what we all did, but um, yeah, it was just great to see in those those last few years where he was, um, you know, he was he was just leading our team and 
you know, it was uh, just such a shame that we couldn't send him out a winner in that 2004 uh, grand final. It would have been, you know, the icing on the cake to be able to send Freddie off a winner in that 2004 grand final, but unfortunately it uh, wasn't to be the case. And, mate, obviously that early 2000s Roosters side you were in, like, that was star-studded. There was internationals in just about every position, but, geez, it was a different team when Freddie wasn't there. It really was the greatest compliment to him. Yeah, that's right, yeah, well, when Freddie wasn't there, he usually had me in the six. So it was a fair, uh, <laughs> fair way down. So, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, um, yeah, it was. Though. When, when he wasn't there, it was, you know, there was definitely a hole to fill. And, um, yeah, we we always loved uh, having Freddie in the team, that's for sure. Mate, let's move into the front row. And uh, two blokes that you played with, let's start with Petro Seven to Sleeve, obviously a guy that you played a heap of state of origin footy in. And, you know, I, I think for Petro, I think because him and Webke came along at the same time and they were just two of the greats, I think that people, you know, sometimes forget about Petro a little bit because we talk about Webke so much. But I, I think he was just as good as Shane, if not arguably better. It's two champion players. But you've gone with Petro here. Tell me about him. Yeah, mate, I've gone with Petro. Yeah, like you say, mate, it was probably out of Petro and, and Webby there. I uh, could have went either way. But, you know, I just thought uh, Petro um, just... You know, the the reliability of him, he was just, you know, he'd obviously take the first hit up of the game and he'd just be still going in the 80th minute just as hard as he was in the first. And uh, he was just another guy who, you know, he, he was just a leader um, both on and off the field and, um, you know, just tough as they come. He obviously, uh, yeah, had a had a, uh, had a bit of a knee injury there uh, towards the back end of his career, but he just, you know, kept on pushing through and, um, you know, to see him come back, uh, from Penrith and, and, you know, finish off uh, up at the Broncos was, was fantastic to see. I think he's one of those guys that uh, I I think the general public really do underappreciate front rowers that simply just never get pushed backwards. Like, that, it just matters so much in the game, doesn't it? It does, yeah. You just get your set off, to, you, know, to the, you know, you want your set off on the best start. And, you know, Big Petro just never let you down. He was... You know, as I said, mate, he'd just go for 80 minutes and, um, yeah, he's just so reliable, uh, you know, whether it was at origin level or, um, you know, playing for the Broncos and, um, you know, to play so many games for so long, obviously in the front row, one of the toughest positions on the team to play was, you know, amazing and, um, yeah, I think you'd always, he would have always been one of the first picks uh, in your team, that's for sure. Mate, the other guy you've picked in the front row, we did speak about him a little bit before, Adrian Morley and, it's been a um, it's been it's been a welcome surprise to me how many guys have gone for Adrian Morley in their dream team. I mean, he must have just been a nightmare to come up against. Yeah, he was. I was glad he was on my side. That's for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I did play against him uh, quite a bit over in uh, over in the UK, so I did end up on the other side. But um, yeah, look, when you're playing for those Roosters uh, throughout the early playing for the Roosters throughout the early 2000s. Um, you know, I'm sure that every player on the opposition team was looking out for him because he would, you know, just come from nowhere. And uh, just some of the hits that, you know, we put on uh, over those couple of years were, were amazing. And, um, yeah, he was he was just a, an enforcer. And every time he was in the team, everyone was looking out for him. And, you know, he would just come flying out of the line. He'd, I think the thing with Moz um, was probably... He, his fitness, he could play long minutes for, you know, such a big man and the way that he played, uh, he was just, uh, he was so fit and he would just, you know, tear in from minute one to minute 80. Um, yeah, he was just another player who just loved having in the side and just that intimidation factor, uh, 
Ricky Stewart knew how to wind him up before the game and uh, when he came on to the field uh, at the start of the game he was just he was ready to go and uh, as I said you know I'm sure that every player hated playing against him but you know we all love playing uh, with him and you know, it was a, a master stroke from Graham Murray uh, bringing him out from Leeds uh, over in England when he brought him out. Finchie told me a couple of weeks ago, mate, that uh, he used to always just make up things that the opposition would say about Morley during the week and it would get him all fired up and then Finchie would walk <laughs> away and sort of think to himself, how the fuck would I know what they said, you idiot, sort of thing, but he, he just <laughs> eat it up. Yeah, no, he, he would, mate. I, I think Finchie would wind him up a fair bit, but it didn't take much um, yeah, to, to wind the big fella up, but... Yeah, he's just another one of those players who just never let you down. Um, you know, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd, he was just a freak of a player and uh, probably one of the, the best Englishmen to, to ever come out here and, and play in the NRL. But I uh, love playing against uh, playing with Mozza and, you know, he had a good time on the field, but he enjoyed a, a good time off the field as well. So he was the, the king of Coogee there while he was here. <laughs> I think it's also, mate... One of those things that people don't talk about enough, like obviously Fitzy got the Clive Churchill. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, Freddie was unreal in that grand final, but it really was that moment with Villasanti where Morley just took it upon himself. That 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 15 minutes after that moment from Adrian Morley, that was that was some of the most terrifying rugby league I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was just as I said, he just took it upon himself to to get the square up and. I think the thing with Moz's tackling style, I don't know how long he'd last here with the rules these days. I don't think he'd um, be on the field too often. He'd probably be suspended more than more than he'd play footy. But He'd know his um, way around you know, the shower. Yeah, he would, mate. He would. Uh, but, uh, he'd never have a cold shower, that's for sure. But he, um, you know, he'd just come out and he'd just have his arm, both arms out. And if he just collected you with either, either it was his, one of his arms or his head or whatever it was, but he'd clean you up and... You know, I think that's what happened with Villa Sandy. He just went after him for that, um, you know, that next 15, 20 minutes and, uh, you know, really stood up for, for his captain and, and Freddie in that grand final. And, you know, I think the rest of the pack sort of followed, you know, uh, guys like uh, Peter Cusack and um, obviously Rico and Fletch and those guys, you know, everyone just got on board and uh, Moz was, was definitely the, the leader of the pack. Fuck, it was a bad day to be Richard Villasanti. Mate, uh, let's move into your back row. And we have mentioned him a couple of times. Obviously, the Clive Churchill medalist in 2002. Uh, he's probably facing one of the biggest challenges of his career coming up next year, becoming a full-time coach in the NRL with the Cronulla Sharks, Craig Fitzgibbon. We had him on this podcast last year, mate, and you couldn't find a more genuine bloke, could you? No, you certainly couldn't, mate. He's just, he was just an ultimate warrior and um, you know, just so fit. Um, you know, there's another one of those the players at the Roosters that just, you know, demanded that everyone around them, um, you know, do their job and do it as best as they can. And Fitzy was just so fit and strong. And, you know, he is just another one of those players, you know, he's playing in the back row and would just play for 80 minutes flat out every single game. Um, you know, and also obviously, a, you know, a really good goal kicker at the same time. So um, he was, you know, just a, a freak of a player and, uh, you know, he loved uh, you know playing playing with Fitzy. That's for sure. He was uh, he never let the team down. I think it's one of the most underrated things about Fitzy, mate. If the Chooks would have scored in the first minute, he'd convert that one, and it would look exactly the same as the conversion in the 80th minute, where he's made you know 50 tackles and taken 15 hit ups. He was just he he could just control himself so well and bring him back into that moment as soon as he was goal kicking. That's what I think with so many of these forwards at goal kick. I don't know how they do it. They must be exhausted and to keep that sort of form the entire game. Fitzy was the key, the, the absolute king at it. 
he was, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was the same, mate. I don't know how he'd do it sometimes. He'd be playing for 70, 80 minutes and then be lining up goal kicks. And, um, you know, I remember, I think it was the 2001 semi-finals when we were, um, or 2002 semi-finals, actually, when we played Newcastle in one of the first semi-finals. And you probably remember that game where we were sort of defending our line. I think Minnie had brought down Sean Rudder uh, in, a, in a great tackle just before the, uh, just before the try line, and then uh, we were defending our line, and Fitzy just came out and took an intercept, and he ran, you know, the length of the field uh, in it was towards the back end of the first half. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, to Fitzy run the, for Fitzy to run the length of the field, and um, you know, and obviously get there firstly, but then also you know line up for that kick. He was just, uh, um, you know, his fitness was just absolutely ridiculous, and. Um, you know, he, he would push his body to the limits and I'm sure that's what it's gonna, he's going to be expecting of, you know, the Cronulla Sharks next season. I'm really excited to see what he's, uh, you know, going to bring in a, in the coaching capacity of that team. Mate, that, that intercept was one of the most surreal moments I've ever seen. It looked like he was on a treadmill the entire time, but just no one was getting near him. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, mate. Yeah, I still don't know how he made it, but I was, I was back on the trial and I think cheering him on. But, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty thankful he got over the line and, um, you know, that was probably another game where the score, the score did blow out uh, towards the end, but it was pretty tight at that time when he scored that try. And, you know, I think Minnie's uh, tackle on, on Rudder, I'm fairly sure it was, uh, just before the try line, that, you know, that was just an, another amazing tackle. And I, I know that when we look back on the final series after we'd won the grand final, and a couple of those moments were definitely defining moments in, um, you know, that final series, that's for sure. Mate, speaking of defining moments, this guy came up with an absolute heap in his career and especially in the state of origin arena where you played with him. Uh, when I think about Queensland, I still think Gordon Tallis. Uh, he just epitomised everything that is the Queensland Maroons to me. Yeah, mate, he did. Obviously, the raging bull, but he was, you know, just so tough, so competitive, uh, so angry. And, um, you know, I was pretty happy when... I was on the same side of him as him in those uh, in those Origin camps. That's for sure. He was, you know, he was just a, an absolute weapon of a player, and I, I definitely didn't like marking him too much when he was playing for the Broncos. But when you had him on your side, he was just, um, you know, the player that everyone loved to play with, and uh, just his, you know, his uh, his attitude, and uh, he just wanted to win more than anything, and that was, you know, it was great for all of us. And, Obviously, we were fairly fairly young coming into that Queensland side, but he really took the young players under his wing and you know, made all of us, uh, you know, feel feel welcome as soon as he got in the team. And um, you know, Big Gordy was just a, an amazing guy to, to to play footy with, and um, you know, definitely carried Queensland through some of those uh, those tough games. Was he much of a talker, mate? Before, like, as as you're about to run out, or when you were, but you know, behind the try line as a try was being converted, was he much of a talker? or Is he just more about leading by his actions? Yeah, look, I, I think he was. He probably led by his actions more than anything. He obviously did have, you know, a, a fair bit to say, but I think his actions, um, you know, spoke louder than anything, and he, he would just lead the team, you know, from from um, the start of the game and yeah, we just all got on board and followed him and um, you know just such a, a great leader and uh, you know a great player and um, yeah it was, it was definitely great to, to play beside him and mate we, we already mentioned obviously in the early 2000s that clash of the Roosters and the Knights but the Roosters and the Broncos that rivalry was just as big if not bigger realistically and Gordy he always came prepared for that one didn't he <laughs> he did yeah Oh, mate, he was always coming off the back fence, but, 
you know, some of those clashes, like, like you just mentioned, you know, some of those early 2000 clashes with um, some of the players that we had in our squad, obviously, again, um, you know, some of the superstars that the Broncos had, we had some, had some you know, really tough games. Uh, we used to always play the, the Good Friday match against the Broncos, and um, it was a, a big race day the next day. So I think everyone, you know, we always wanted to make sure that you, you had the bragging rights of the races the next day at Ramwick. So it was, uh, yeah, it was one of the, the biggest games of the season. But uh, yeah, we had some great classes with, you know, that superstar Broncos team. And um, yeah, Gordy was always, always the leader uh, in, in those games. Tomato, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you had to pick a coach for this side, who'd be your greatest coach? Well, look, I probably I'd have to say Ricky Stewart. Obviously, uh, I've probably played the most footy um, under Ricky, and you know, um, coached us for that premiership in 2002. So, yeah, it wasn't until I sort of watched um, that Ricky Stewart story there a couple of weeks ago that you just realised how young he was. Like, he was only 35 at the time. It's so, crazy, isn't um, it? He, he was playing 18 months before that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it wasn't until I sort of sat down there a couple of weeks ago and actually watched that and just realised how young he was. And, you know, it was just a, an amazing achievement for, for him, obviously, you know, to, to step up really, you know, so early in his coaching career. And, um, yeah, he, you know, he definitely... Well, definitely fit that year, that's for sure. But he was, you know, I really enjoyed coaching. He was, you know, I always call him tough but fair. He was, you know, he was really tough on his players. But, you know, at the same time, um, I think he was a pretty fair coach. And, you know, if you did the right thing by him, he'd, he'd certainly look after you. And, um, yeah, he, he had that team. You know, we were obviously one of the fittest teams in the competition in 2002. And I think he, he really brought that steel edge mentality to uh, our squad that year, uh, 2002, which is what we what we needed and um, I thought he was a, a fantastic coach for uh, our squad at that time Mate when I spoke to Fitzy Finchy Minnie they all spoke about those 02, 03, 04 pre-seasons and they were some of the worst memories of their entire lives is there a day that stands <laughs> out for you from that time? Oh, they, were, they were all horrendous but um, you know the boys have probably spoke about one I think we I can't remember it might have been 2003 or 2004 we lost the game on the Friday night to the Bulldogs and I'm fairly sure Finchie organised a, a little trip to the Gold Coast the next day um, I'm pretty sure he, he booked the flights that night after um, after quite a few beers and I remember him coming around to my house on the way to the airport trying to get me to go but I thankfully decided to to stay in Sydney and uh, a few of the boys went up to um, up to the Gold Coast and had a good time on the, on the Saturday night and I think it was on Sunday, our phone started ringing and uh, Ricky was ringing around trying to find out who was up the Gold Coast. But, um, yeah, that, that Monday morning we, we got into training. As soon as you drive into um, into the training ground, I could just see rowers and tackle bags and uh, just everything out on the field. And Ricky had obviously gotten wind of uh, the boys, go, a couple of boys going up to the Goldie after a loss and I uh, wasn't too happy. So, yeah, that, that day was one of the most horrendous days training-wise that I've ever been through. and um, I was just I was so thankful that I didn't go up to the Goldie uh, that Saturday night because I would have been struggling even more. But, um, yeah, she was, there's a couple of tough days there. And I, a couple of our, uh, we used to do the beep test and I, I think I've heard, heard this story a couple of times, but we did our first beep test and um, basically as soon as we finished it, you, you get about two minutes and then you made us do it all again. So it was, and you had to beat the score. So, yeah, some, some really tough days. But, um, yeah, we, we certainly reaped the benefits. 
The Pied Piper of North Bondi, the Finch Man. Shock me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That uh, would have been a surprise, wouldn't it? Mate, uh, I thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's an unreal team that we've gone through today. And uh, a quick glance over your unbelievable career across the NRL and over in the English Super League. We wish you all the very best over the next few weeks with the Falcons just outside of the uh, of the finals race at the moment. So fingers crossed you can claw your way back into that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. G'day guys, you might have noticed we didn't have a hooker in that list there. We got a little bit distracted with our conversation. Of course, Chris Flannery's hooker that he chose was, of course, the great Cameron Smith. Uh, no real shocks there. I'm not sure if we will get a team that doesn't feature Cameron Smith realistically. So if there is one for us to get carried away in conversation, forget about it was Cam Smith. And of course, it would have been really interesting to hear Chris's take on Cam Smith, of course. When he first came to the Origin Arena, Chris Flannery was playing there. So it would have been a really good opportunity to see what the early days of Cam Smith were like. But we have spoken to a number of guys about Cam Smith, and realistically, I don't think there's much more that we could say about him. As I said, apologies for us leaving out Cameron Smith there. Uh, that's on me. I, I should have paid more attention. I was enjoying the good old-fashioned footy chat a little bit too much there. But if there is one guy to miss out on, it probably is Cameron Smith because we've heard each and every person come on and talk about their dream team comment on Cam Smith and his greatness. Apologies for that, guys. We have to be better in the future. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 